Well, we are um, following John the Apostle uh, along a trail, and um, we've been looking at uh, chapter uh, 2 in our church on on Sunday mornings, and um, we have been uh, considering what it means to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, and what we have discovered is that a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, as I've said to the children, is someone who loves Jesus Christ's commands. A follower of the Lord Jesus Christ is someone who uh, loves uh, Christ's people, and a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ is someone who loves Christ himself. Those are three very essential parts of what it means to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. What we're doing today is we're going to be following John along a trail. And what I've done is I've really introduced the theme that I want us to follow this morning. Now, I'm going to do something a little bit different. Rather than looking at loving the world this morning, I want us to look at those who teach people to actually love the world. They are false teachers. And then we're going to come back this evening, and then we are going to look at what it means not to love the world. Like we were looking at with the children, not to look back, not to look back like Lot's wife did on Sodom and Gomorrah, but rather to look forward and make sure that we love Jesus Christ. We're going to walk on a trail. Now, I I love walking. I love walking uh, in in Wales. It has beautiful scenery. And what John is doing, really, is he's taking us on a trail. In chapter 2, he's taking us on a trail from point A to point B. And he's teaching us about those things which I introduced at the very beginning. He's teaching us about loving Christ's commands. He's teaching us about loving Christ's people. He's teaching us about loving Christ himself. And he's having a conversation with us. It's a very important conversation. He's telling us that there are so many distractions in this world. There are so many people who want to lead us astray, who want to show us that the world is pleasing, that the world is delightful, and therefore we love the world and we are distracted from loving the Lord Jesus Christ. So what he does is he introduces in verse 18... And verses following that, he introduces to us some people who don't love Jesus Christ. But then, afterwards, he introduces to us some people who do love Jesus Christ. And he wants to make sure that we are the people who follow those who do love Jesus Christ. So, my outline today is we're going to look firstly at some people who don't love Christ... And then secondly, we're going to look at some people who do love Christ. So firstly, we're going to look at those who don't love Christ. And we read about them in verses 18 and following. Verse 18, 19, and also 22. Uh, The background is what I read to you earlier, earlier, verses 1 to 17. Let me read verse 18 to 22. Children, it is the last hour... And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. 
They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have all knowledge. I write to you, not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar? But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist. He who denies the Father and the Son. You see, these people who do not love Jesus Christ, you'll notice in those verses, he calls them antichrists. Who were they? Well, let's look at them firstly. Who were they? Verse 18. They're called antichrists. Notice John says in verse 18, it is the last hour. Uh, The next thing on the end times horizon, as it were, is the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because it is the, the, the last hour... Verse 18 says that many antichrists have come. These antichrists are the forerunner to the antichrist still to come, still to come at least at the time that John were writing. These antichrists, they were false teachers. Later generations of the church, they would call them heretics. They did not teach what Christ taught, and they did not teach what the apostles taught, And therefore, the message that they proclaimed contradicted the Scriptures. These antichrists were the false teachers uh, that you perhaps have heard about if you know anything about about 1 John. They're they're men who who said that they had some higher knowledge. They're they're men who said that Jesus Christ uh, did not come in the flesh. Now, if you've been influenced by dispensational theology, or, or maybe you've read a few books by Tim LaHaye in the Left Behind series. When you hear Antichrist, perhaps you, you think of a figure who, who heads a, a one-world government who, who's possessed by demons or, or called the Antichrist. Or if you, you're an avid reader of church history, you may know that the Reformers called the Pope the Antichrist. Uh, Luther, you'll know, he, he never missed to have a punch at the papacy in the ribs. But, but what is the Antichrist according to John? Well, well, put simply, and a whole lot less sensationally, an Antichrist is a false teacher about Christ. He does not love Jesus Christ. He's a representative of the evil one because he denies that Jesus is the Christ. He or she is, is someone who tries to deceive the true church. If you look at verse 26... You'll, you'll see what John says. I write these things to you about those who to deceive you. So John tells us who these people are who do not love Jesus Christ. He calls them antichrists. But second, in verse 19, John then tells us what they did. Listen to verse 19 again. They, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us but they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. Uh, this is what the, the Antichrist did, these false teachers, these people who didn't love Christ. They, they slipped in like wolves in sheep's clothing, and they tried to devour the sheep, or they tried to lead the sheep astray. But the sheep would not listen because they knew the truth, 
because they love Jesus Christ. And so, so the Antichrists, they left taking some of the sheep with them. What, what did they do? What did these false teachers do? What did these people do who did not love Jesus Christ? Well, it says that they left the church. They left the body of believers. Now, leaving a, a church doesn't seem like all that big a deal today, maybe in a city like Cardiff, where, I, where I'm ministering, or a, a place like this close to, to Swansea, where, where there are other churches. It doesn't seem like that big a deal where, where you can move with, with very little thought or very little consequence. Uh, many people are church hoppers, aren't they? They, they treat church life a bit like a, like a gym membership. But at the time that John was writing, there was only one church made up of local congregations. These antichrists, by leaving the congregation, false teachers, they, what they were doing was they, they were actually leaving the church. Wherever they went, they found their teaching unwelcome. What would it look like today then, if, uh, if with John, what John is speaking about here, about these false teachers leaving the church? What would it look like today? Well, I do want to caution us against thinking that this verse speaks about fellow Christians who leave, say, Bethel Evangelical Church or Bethel Presbyterian Church and, and move to another church. I want to caution us against using this verse if we feel a little bit grumpy about someone leaving us here. What would it look like today? Well, it would look like someone leaving this place or, or leaving the place where I minister and joining the Jehovah's Witnesses, or joining the Mormons, or converting to Islam, or converting to another religion. Or perhaps something more prevalent, someone might leave here, and they deny all the, the faith completely. They say they don't even believe in God. At their heart, what these belief systems have in common it, 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 with the Antichrist, at their heart, they deny that Jesus is the Christ. They deny that Jesus is the only way of salvation. So that's what they did. We've seen who they are, what they did. But these people who don't love Christ, let's look at what they taught. Have a look at verse 22. It says, Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. Notice that John calls these false teachers, he calls them liars because they denied that Jesus is the Christ. They, they followed their master, the devil, who is the father of lies, who has been lying from the beginning. These antichrists denied everything that John had already taught the church about Christ. If you look at John chapter 1, John tells us who Jesus is. Who is he? He says that Jesus is the life. He says that Jesus is the eternal life. He says that Jesus is the eternal word of the Father. He says that Jesus is the Son of the Father. He says that Jesus is the word who took to himself human flesh, who became a man to suffer and die in the place of human beings. Instead, these false teachers, they said, well, you know, there was this man called Jesus who for a certain time was invested with divine powers by the divine word after his birth, but he was abandoned by the divine word at the cross. Now, if you struggle to understand that, I appreciate that might be difficult to completely get our heads around, but think of, of, the, of the 
people maybe in a movie being possessed. These false teachers were saying something like that. Maybe a ghost or a demon takes possession of a human being, gets the human being to do its will. Then when the human being has done everything the ghost or the demon wants done, that ghost or demon leaves that person. That, that gives us the idea of what these antichrists were teaching about Christ. What did they, they teach? They denied that Jesus is the Christ. And if Jesus is not the Christ, if Jesus is not the eternal word made flesh, then he cannot save us. Uh, these people were teaching that, 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 this, that, 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 that this man who had come, they were teaching that someone who cannot save us. If Jesus is going to save us, he must be God, for only God can take away human sin. And he must be man, for only man can be punished for human sin. God must come down to save us. If Jesus is not the Christ, if Jesus is not God and man, then all Jesus is is an example for us to follow. And that's what these, these false teachers were saying. Human beings, they've got to try and make their way up to God themselves. But the true gospel, the, the gospel that John is teaching to the church, is that God came down to save us in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. With all this in mind, this is why John what he says what he says at the end of verse 22. He who denies, this is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. Those who try to save themselves through human effort, they will never know the Father and the Son. If you want to know the Father and the Son, then you've got to know the Son, John is saying, who came down from the Father for us and for our salvation. John's walking us on the trail and he's telling us about those who don't love Christ. And we've just seen who they were, what they did, and what they taught. But now John is walking with us on the trail and he tells us about something far more encouraging. He's warned us about those who, who do not love Christ. He's warned us about those who love the world and, and will draw people to, with them to love the world. But now John tells us about those who do love Jesus Christ. And he tells us in the verses that follow from, from verse 23 onwards through to the end of the chapter, he tells us about those who do love Jesus Christ. He tells us three things. And the first thing he tells us is this. Those who do love Jesus Christ, he says, have been anointed by the Holy One. We'll just listen to verse 20 and to verse 27. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. In verse 27, he says, But the anointing you have received from Him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. Now, to understand what this anointing is, we need some Old Testament background. In the Old Testament, you may remember that the kings were anointed with ceremonial oil. The, the oil was poured on their heads, and, and the oil would then run down their beards. You may remember Samuel the prophet, 
who anointed King Saul and King David, both received oil on their heads as a sign of receiving the Spirit of God to anoint them for the task which was at hand. Also, the prophet Isaiah, uh, he tells us that when the Messiah comes, uh, that he will say, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. And then at the baptism of Jesus, we watch as Jesus, the church's prophet, priest, and king, is anointed not with oil, but he's anointed with the Holy Spirit. If we come back to 1 John chapter 2, with this background, we, we get a sense of what John is saying. The church, he says, and, and the people of the church, the, those who know Jesus Christ, those who love Jesus Christ, he says, they've received an anointing. Every believer is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Every believer has the Spirit living in them. Uh, the Spirit enlightens their minds in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why they love Jesus Christ, because the Spirit opens their eyes to see who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit has, has granted them the gift of faith to embrace Jesus Christ as Savior. The same Spirit is the one who grants the church spiritual understanding to the things that are spiritually discerned. For as it says in another place, the, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. Those who love Jesus Christ, they love Him because they have been anointed by the Holy One. From God the Father, through the Son, the church and the people of the church have been anointed by the Holy Spirit. And now by the Spirit, through the Son, they have fellowship with the Father. I want us to notice something very important here when we take into account all that we have heard about those antichrists, those who do not love Jesus Christ. Uh, notice that this anointing of the Spirit is not something that only special believers receive. Now, the Antichrist was saying that, that you know, if, if those who, like us, they were saying, these false teachers, uh, we've got some special knowledge. Uh, we've got something that none of you have. Uh, they were lording it over them, setting themselves up above other people. Uh, but here we see that John says that every believer has the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is not some sort of second blessing for the spiritual elites, but the Spirit is someone we receive at conversion. The moment we believed, we received the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit draws us to Christ. The Holy Spirit teaches us about Christ. The Holy Spirit gives us affections and love for Jesus Christ. Don't, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Don't let anyone make you feel inferior like some sort of second-class Christian because you haven't some, had some sort of mystic, mystical experience that others claim they have. Those who love Jesus Christ, John tells us, they've been anointed by the Holy Spirit. Second, John tells us here that those... In verse 20 and verse 27, he says that they have all knowledge, he says. Listen to verse listen to again. He says, but, but you've been anointed by the Holy Spirit, and you all have knowledge. 
Now, when John says that they all have knowledge, he does not mean that they know anything or never have anything new to learn. Uh, The Holy Spirit does not come and live in us and then sort of do a spiritual download in our brains. Rather, what John is saying is that we all, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ here today, yes, we all have saving knowledge. We know Jesus Christ. We know who He is. We know what He has done. And we have faith in Him to save us. That which was given to the apostles was entrusted to the church in the Holy Scriptures. Through the ministry of the apostles in John's day and through the the Scriptures in future generations, saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ would be proclaimed from the church for the salvation of men and women in future generations. And John makes that same point in verse 27. Notice it says, But the anointing you have received from Him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. Now, does that mean that we don't need pastors and teachers in the church? If so, then I'm wasting my time here. Don't bother calling another pastor. I better go. Job. Uh, what does he mean? That you have no need that anyone should teach you. Well, think about it. It's something to do with those false teachers earlier. Something to do with those antichrists, those who don't love Christ. John's telling them, John's telling the church here today, you don't need people to teach you anything different from the apostolic message, the saving message of Jesus Christ. You don't need people to teach you anything different than what we have here contained in the Scriptures. The Spirit is at work in the church through the Word. Heresy begins. Antichrists are found when people say, I don't need the church. And then we see a lot of that after COVID, during COVID, and also after COVID with people not really returning and saying, well, I got all the online messages. I got everything on my Bible app. I, I don't need the church. I don't need the ministry of the church. When people say, I know better than 50 generations of preachers and teachers, 2,000 years of preachers and teachers in the church uh, and Christians who, who, who have the Holy Spirit in them and who have been interpreting and understanding the Scriptures for generations. All I need is me and my Bible. I don't need anyone to teach me. And you see, those who love Jesus Christ, they love the Word of God, the truth that has been entrusted to them in the Scriptures. Because in the Scriptures, they find the Lord Jesus Christ. John tells us about those who love Christ, those who they've been anointed by the Holy One. Second, he says they have all knowledge. And thirdly, he says of those who love Jesus Christ, that they have, verse 24, what they have heard from the beginning They have it abiding in them. Listen to verse 24. Let what you have heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. 
What is the, the message that they have heard from the beginning? And church here today, Bethel, what is it that you have heard from the beginning? Is it the message that the Antichrist spoke? Is it the message of those who don't love Jesus Christ? Or is it the message that the apostles heard from Jesus Christ and which they proclaimed to the church? What is the message that we have heard from the beginning? What is the message that we have heard from the beginning since, since the day that we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? It's the message that the apostles proclaimed. It's the message that the church has proclaimed, that Jesus Christ and He alone is the Savior of the world. The message that we have heard from the beginning is that the Word became flesh. John says in chapter 1, I saw Jesus Christ. We saw him, he says. The apostles, we, we saw him and we heard him. We listened to what he said. We touched him. He was human flesh. He was the word of God made flesh. This is the word that we have heard from the beginning. Saving knowledge in the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation from our sins and reconciliation with God the Father. And because this word abides in them, John says in verse 24, that they abide in the Son and in the Father. Notice here that John is speaking about a relationship with the Father and the Son by the Spirit. In verse 25, John says, and this is the promise that he made to us eternal life. Jesus said in the Gospel of John, chapter 17, you may remember, and this is true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And Jesus Christ appeared that we might be brought back to God, that we would have eternal life which is to know the Father and the Son. You know, every relationship which we have, and we're talking here about a relationship with God, but every relationship, human relationship that we have, it needs to be cultivated and it needs to be maintained. If friends don't spend time together, they cannot have a relationship. If married couples don't talk to each other, well, that relationship is going to break down. Notice from these verses that John says that their relationship with God, it must be cultivated. It must be maintained. Notice the close relationship between their relationship with God and the message that they have heard. There is no relationship with God apart from the message that we have heard from the beginning. God is someone who speaks to us. God is one who speaks by His Word. And therefore, those who love Jesus Christ, they treasure the Word of God. Augustine of Hippo, uh, he lived in the 4th and 5th centuries. Augustine's life as a young man was characterized by all sorts of loose living and a search for answers to life's big questions. And Augustine, he would follow various philosophers, 
and he would then become disillusioned by their teaching. In the year 386, while Augustine was in Milan, Augustine was sitting outside, and he heard a child singing a song, a children's song. Uh, he never heard the children's song before, but the song went like this. I'm not going to sing it, don't worry. Um, he said, pick it up and read. That's what the song said. Pick it up and read, like a little chorus. Pick it up and read. And this stirred in Augustine a desire to read the Scriptures. And so what he did was he located the Bible and he picked it up and he began to read. And reading the Scriptures, Augustine felt as if his heart was flooded with light. He turned totally from his life of sin and he began to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters here, I trust that you are those who love Jesus Christ. Why else would you be here? Or maybe the Lord's doing something in you and, and stirring in your heart a desire to love Jesus Christ. You're not sure if you love him, but you do want to know more. Well, if you are a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ, what have we heard? We, we've heard that we have an anointing. The Spirit of God lives in us. By the Spirit, we have fellowship with the Father and with the Son. And what we've seen today is that this relationship with, our, with the Father and the Son is cultivated and maintained by allowing that which we have heard from the beginning to abide in us. And so, brothers and sisters, can I say, pick it up and read. Read the Scriptures. Uh, and if you don't read the Scriptures, can I encourage you to pick them up today if you haven't done it before? If you are searching for answers, pick it up and read and ask Jesus Christ to show Himself to you. Uh, when you come here on a Sunday, what are we doing? We're opening up the Word the Word is declared so that we may hear God speaking to us. He speaks through men. He speaks through people. But God is speaking. He wants to cultivate and maintain that relationship with you. We have fellowship with the Father and with the Son. In the words of Deuteronomy 6, uh, the Lord said to the people of Israel, These words I command you today, they shall be on your hearts, and so would you talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, you shall write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. Let us take seriously the word of God. Let us hear what God is saying to us. May that which is said abide in us. And so... We've come to the end of this little journey, this little trail walk that, that we have done with John, at least for the first part today. Uh, this, this evening, we're going to pick up, uh, going back to what John has said about loving the world. He's, he's shown us those who would want to lead us away from Christ, who'd want to teach us to love the world. But he said, I, I, I know better things of you. Those who love Jesus Christ, you love him because the Spirit of God is in you. You love Him because you have the message of the Word and it abides in you. Uh, but I want you to notice that there is an urgency to everything that John has said. Did, did you see that? Did you pick that up? Th there are people who want to lead us astray. But he says, I want you to love Jesus Christ. 
There's an urgency to what John has said. Back in verse 18, did you pick up the urgency? He said, children, it is the last hour. The next event, as I said in the beginning, can I remind us of this? The next event on the end times horizon is the return of Jesus Christ. He may return in your lifetime. He may not. We don't know. But the next event, a big event in terms of the Scriptures and and what the Scriptures have said is that Jesus Christ is coming again. And therefore, John urges us to recognize their importance of His Word. There are two ways to follow. And we are being asked, which way are we going to follow? One is the way of the Antichrist. One is the way of false teachers. These Antichrists, they are liars. Their ways lead to death. It's a wide path leading to destruction. As we sang with the children, it's like building your house on a sandy land and and then everything is, is going to come crumbling down. Or we can build our lives on Jesus Christ. There is the way of Jesus Christ. He is the truth. And He is the eternal life. He is a narrow path leading to life. But it's the way of life. It's the way that God has said we must follow. Which path are you walking on? It's not too late to change your path. The Bible calls us to repent, which means to turn and to join all those here, to join us on the path of life, of fellowship with the Father and with the Son.